0: Today, we're starting a brand new series called Choices, and I promise you that over the next few weeks, as we kind of dive into this, you're going to find that this is going to be a profound, call to action in your own personal life, so much so that we believe that you're going to want to invite your friends, and so today on your way out of here, uh, you'll be given some invite cards, and this is just an easy way for you to invite somebody that may be your neighbor, maybe a coworker, maybe somebody that you know that needs to hear what we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks. How many of y'all know we need some help occasionally making better choices? Right? I do. Occasionally, I just need somebody to come in and point me to better decisions. That's what this series is going to be all about. Let me just begin today by asking you this question Where are you in life right now? Where are you? You know, for some of you, you're in the middle of a difficult season. For some of you, You're in a season of prosperity for some of you. Uh, This is the time of your life for some of you. You are in the battle of your life. But what's true for most of us is that we are the sum of the choices we've made. Up to this moment. And tomorrow and next year, your life will likely be the sum of the choices that you make. Choices have significant power. So let me just give you a preview of next week. How many of y'all would say that I'm a little bit of a control freak? Anybody in here admit that out loud? All right. Some of y'all want to raise the hand of the person you're sitting next to because that's how controlling you are. Right. All right. So next week, we're going to talk about. Uh, that pretensity that we have to be controlling, and we're going to talk about the choice of choosing over that surrender instead of control. So to kind of start this message today, I just want you, everybody in the room, I want you to close your eyes right now. Everybody, close your eyes. I want you to imagine this world. I want you to imagine a world like this. Imagine a world where everybody likes you. Every interaction you have is positive and encouraging. Every time someone expresses an opinion of you, it's positive. Now open your eyes and look at me. That's never going to happen. <laughs> Ever. Doesn't matter how good you are, how hard you try, everybody is not going to like you. But here's a, here's a imagine if you're a Christ follower in here. I want you to imagine a life like this where every day you wake up and your heart is consumed with the purpose that God has for you, that you go through every moment, every decision, every day, chasing the purposes of God, fulfilling the purposes of God, living with a passion for him. I want you to understand today that not only Is that possible? I believe that's what God wants for us. It's what he wants for us. See, one of the most important decisions that we'll ever make is the simple decision to choose purpose over popularity. To choose purpose over popularity. But many of us, even by default, Instead of choosing purpose, choose popularity. We, we want to be liked. We want people to think well of us. We want the, the general consensus to say that we are doing good. We are the person that we're supposed to be. But here's a reality that many of us miss. It's that if we live that life, chasing the opinion of others, we're going to miss out on something that's very important that God has for you. You want to talk about purpose for just a moment. See, here's something about purpose that I've noticed. If you don't understand the purpose of something, you'll misuse it. If you don't understand the purpose of something, you'll misuse it. Now, I had this moment when I was dating my wife. I loved when I was dating my wife to embarrass her. Anybody ever been that way? You just like to embarrass somebody that you love out in public or around their family. I loved doing it. Anytime I could figure out a way when we were out on a date, when we were around her family to embarrass her, I would. And so one thing that I would do is constantly I would take something out of the laundry basket and put it on my head and wear it as a hat, okay? Okay. Um, This I would do with pants or shirts or those sorts of things. One day, I looked in the laundry basket and saw what I thought was a beanie or a skull cap, and so I took it out of the laundry basket and put it on my head and walked around my in-law's house, only to find out that it was my mother-in-law's underwear. (laughs) See, the thing is, If you don't understand the purpose of something, you will misuse it, and for many of us, we don't understand the purpose of our lives, and in trying to understand the purpose of our lives the way we go about trying to understand the purpose of our lives is going to other created things and asking, hey, what do you think of me? What do you like? What do you think I could do? What do you think I could possibly be? Instead of going to the creator and saying, God, you created me. You know the purposes that you have for me. What is it that you want for me? If if you've struggled with, with purpose, um, today at guest services, we have a little book for you. We'd love to give you. There's a limited amount available today. There will be more next week, but it's called "What on Earth Am I Here For?" This is by Pastor Rick Warren from uh, Saddleback out in California. It's a it's a very simple 36-page booklet that will walk you through a biblical understanding of why you are alive today. See, I think a lot of times when it comes to purpose, we make that mistake. We 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 keep going. To people and trying to find in people's opinions our purpose. What do you think of me? What do you think of of what I'm doing? What do you think of what I said the other day? What do you think of my friends? Do you like my friends? What do you think of the school I'm going to? Do you think it's a good enough school? What do you think of my clothes I'm wearing? Do you like my clothes? Do you like my clothes? Do you think I look fat in this? Do you like my clothes? Do you like my clothes? What do you think of the car I'm driving today? Do you like it? Do you like it? Do you like it? Do you like it? What do you think of our house? Do you think it's big enough? Do you think it's nice? Do you like it? Do you like this place? What do you think of the selfie that I just posted on Instagram? Do you like it? Why didn't you like it? Why didn't you like it? I thought you liked it. Okay? I thought we were friends. Why aren't you following me on Instagram? I thought we were friends. All right? Too many of us live that way. We live that way. And we're constantly seeking approval and approval and trying to find purpose in the opinions of others. But I want to give you a very big idea, okay? If living for people or for their approval, if you're doing that, living for the approval of people keeps you from the purposes of God. And this may be, for many of us, one of the greatest struggles that we have. Because we want to be liked. We want to be accepted. And there's nothing wrong with being liked or accepted, but so many times we put that as the supreme motivation instead of living and fulfilling the purposes of God. You're a great example of someone who did this, who sacrificed the opinions of others, who sacrificed the approval of those who were significant in his day so that he could fulfill the purposes of God was Moses. I don't know if you know the story of Moses. Moses was born a Hebrew slave through a series of amazing coincidences. He was adopted basically into the king's family, into Pharaoh's family, he grew up in royalty, grew up in a palace, grew up in privilege. But then, He was faced with a decision. Would would he choose calling or would he choose comfort? Would he choose popularity or would he choose purpose? And in the New Testament, in the book of Hebrews, it recalls the great men of faith who have come before. It says this of Moses, by faith. When Moses had grown up, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose, look at that word, he chose. He made a choice. He actively chose to be mistreated along with God's people rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead. Why? Because he was looking ahead towards his reward. Can I just say something about? about purpose. There's so many of us, especially as, as we begin to grow in, in Christ, we begin to ask this question, what, what is the purpose of my life? Some of you are in your 20s and you're asking that purpose or that purpose question. Some of you are in your 40s and you're asking that purpose question. And that's such a big question. And a lot of times we deal with the, the capital P purpose. But for this message and, and really to reframe your concept of purpose, I want you to start thinking of purpose in kind of a, a lowercase p, purpose. The purpose that comes in everyday Ordinary moments where you're in a conversation with someone and they seem really discouraged, and you realize the purpose in this moment right now is to encourage this person, or when you're standing in line behind a single mom and she's crying because she can't afford to buy her groceries, and you know you can afford to pay for them, there's purpose in that moment. See, there's purpose in every moment. And it's important for us to understand that those lowercase P moments, lowercase purpose moments happen all the time. They are all day, every day. God is constantly presenting us with opportunities to step into His purposes. And what does the Bible tell us that for faithful, With little, he will give us more. See, some of you, you feel a little bit lost because the things that you're doing right now feel a little insignificant. They feel small, but I want you to understand you're just living in the lowercase purpose right now. See, what will happen is through life, as you become obedient to those things, obedient to those things, you respond in obedience to those things, what will happen is God will then, according to the Scriptures, increase your responsibility and give you greater purposes. And then one day you'll look back and go, I have now figured it out because I was faithful with a little. God has trusted me with much. There is power in purpose. There is power in purpose. and today I want to spend the rest of the time that we have together talking about the power that is hidden in purpose. Y'all ready to do that? If you're ready, say I'm ready. Yes. All right. The first thing I want you to know about the power of purpose is that pow- that purpose diminishes distraction. Purpose diminishes distraction. A lot of times in our lives, anybody feel like they have life ADD? I feel like I have life ADD. I'll just get on track with something and then get over here and try to get on track with this and then try to get on track with this all the time. I just feel like they're, and, and purpose, diminishes distractions. When our heart finally anchors in, especially to the lowercase p purpose of God, living every day to try to please God and live in his purposes, it diminishes distractions. And I've noticed this. One of the biggest distractions for most of us is the curse of comparing. It's the curse of comparing. Man, she's already finished school. I feel like I'm on the 11-year plan. I haven't even come close. Man, he's making more money than I am. We graduated at the same time. We both got out of college at the same time. How is this happening? All of my friends are getting married already. Why can't I get married? Don't even own a house. And half of my friends are buying houses this year, and we get caught in the trap of comparing. And it can become a dramatic distraction. See, purpose does something for us. It diminishes distractions. Probably best exemplified in the life of a man named Nehemiah. Nehemiah lived in the the Old Testament. And when he heard... That the walls of Jerusalem, while he lived in Babylon, had been destroyed. Nehemiah was totally broken over that. If you know anything about my story in coming home to Albemarle to plant a church here, that that story is very important because it's deeply connected to that moment. All right? As I began to pray over that book and study that book, God also broke my heart to come home. Home for Nehemiah was Jerusalem. So he rallied the troops, went home, got the assets needed, and began construction. But how many of y'all know that when you start to do something good, when you start to step into the purposes of God, there are distractions that are going to come about. There are distractions. There are people who will be distracting, and there are things that will be distracting. And for Nehemiah, that was true too. There were many, many people who rose up to hate on what he was doing. Namely, these three who are mentioned here in Nehemiah 6, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem the Arab. And the rest of our enemies found out that I had been rebuilding the wall and that no gaps remained. And though he had not yet upset the doors and gates, so Samballot and Geshem sent a message asking me to meet them in one of the villages in the plain of Ono. Hey, Nehemiah, seems like you're doing a good thing. Would you, would you just take a break? Would you just stop working for a little bit? I, I, I know you have a purpose, but, but can you just step away from that purpose for a few moments? I love... I love how he replied. Look at what he said. I realized they were plotting to harm me, so I replied by sending this message to them. I am engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? Basically what he said is, ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) Ain't nobody got time for that. Why should I stop working? I'm doing a great work. See, some of you... I began journeys that are good, God-given journeys. But distractions have come along. I can say that I can understand that personally. To be honest with you, when I first felt God calling me into ministry and I decided to go to Bible college, there was literally not one person who believed that I should make that decision, even my own parents. My parents so much that they threatened to pull all of my college funding away. And I said, you know, I'm so convinced of this, I'm going to do it anyway. God changed their hearts, all right? But I made that decision in the middle of significant resistance. I mean, when I just started... To 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 plant vortex, they're literally outside of my family. By that time, my family had figured out if I say I feel like God told me to do it, I'm in it. All right, but but my outside of my family, there's literally nobody that believed that this could even work. I can remember sitting down with one of my mentors. Man, he was one of the people that spoke life into me, helped me to dream, helped me to think big about the future. And I sat down and said, I feel like God's called me to plant a church. And I want you to understand. This man had a graduate degree in church planning. And he, well, I, I thought it was going to be a great resource. And so I sat down and talked to him and said, Hey, here's what I feel like God's calling me to do to move back to my hometown, move back to Albemarle. It's a small town. I want to plan a life giving church. I want to plan a modern church there. And he looked at me and he goes, Man, I don't think that'll work. As a matter of fact, that just got done right in my thesis. My thesis was how church planning in small towns won't work. You know what I said? Ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) Ain't nobody got time for that. I'm doing a great work. Why should I stop working? See, today you might be trying to get out of debt. And so you're 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 bringing a brown bag to to work every day and you you're driving a car that's paid for but not as pretty and there are people who ask you questions and make fun of you. Hey, listen, I ain't got time for that. I'm doing a great work. Maybe today You're choosing to make family a priority and you're getting in position so that so that one of you can stay home and take care of your kids so you can pour life into your family. And it's going to cost you a lot because it's going to mean that one of your incomes is going to go away and that there's going to have to be a significant reshaping of your family. And those on the outside are saying, why are you doing that? It doesn't make any sense. Why would you give that up? I ain't got time for that. I'm doing a great work. It's not going to make sense to you. It's not going to make sense. I'm doing what God asked me to do. See, the thing is, is that when we understand purpose and experience the power of purpose, it diminishes distractions. Number two, purpose pushes us through the pain. Purpose pushes us through the pain. Many of you have realized this. If you're going to live for purpose in your life, you're going to experience pain. It can be as simple as I want to get healthier, it's going to be painful. It can be as simple as I want a better marriage. It's going to be painful. I want to live a better life that is more pleasing to God. It's going to be painful. Anytime we step towards purpose, there's going to be pain. I've noticed this, that the pathway to your purpose is paved with pain. The pathway to purpose is paved with pain. It was for Moses. It was for David. It was for Nehemiah. It was for Mary. And it definitely was for Jesus. See, if you do what God calls you to do, other people are not going to understand because his ways are higher than our ways. But purpose pushes you through the pain, I'm I'm kind of reminded of, of watching my wife. We have three kids: a seven-year-old daughter, a five-year-old son, and now an almost two-year-old son. And I, I've I've seen her pregnant three times now. Now her pregnancy experiences were all very different. All babies were delivered by C-section. But there are several of you, okay, several of you that are pregnant, and I just want you to know. Listen, it, it it's a little weird, okay. Okay, those of you who have been through this, you understand what I'm talking about. The experience of giving birth is totally, totally insane. There are some of y'all in the room that I've heard these stories that you get almost close to the birthing experience and you have an idea as to what's going to happen. I'm going to go get my epidural. I'm going to feel good. And then all of a sudden the baby starts coming so quick that they can't give you an epidural. And then it's like trying to squeeze a watermelon through a water hose. And and it's just, it's painful. It's painful, okay? If you've ever watched it or been in a room, it is insanely painful. Some of the women that are in this room right now have turned from sweet, little, innocent, nice women into some crazy women in the middle of all of that. But you know what's interesting about this? is studies show that the more painful a birth is, the closer a mom feels to her child right after the birth. Which is why a lot of women who first go natural choose to go natural afterwards, which seems to me unnatural because if there's drugs, just give me the drugs, I don't want to feel any of it, okay? Okay. But it really connects to that idea that purpose pushes us through the pain. See, things aren't going to be easy, but purpose will push you through the pain. It's tough to get the right things started and to get started going in the right way, but purpose pushes you through the pain. See, it's tough, but purpose will push you through the pain. And when you understand your purpose, you may realize that I can't, but Christ can. And with him, I can. And I won't be able to do this. This is impossible. It's outside of my capacity. But, But with Christ, I can. See, purpose pushes you through the pain. You're going to experience pain. Let me give you this one little bit of advice. Don't waste the pain. Don't waste the pain. Let the pain you experience in life push you closer to the purposes of God because here's what can happen. We can allow it to push us away from God. Don't let it do that. Let the pain push you closer to the purposes of God. And then number three, purpose empowers you to please God. Purpose empowers you to please God. Let's go back to Moses. Moses spends... a great deal of time in, in the wilderness and runs away from, from Egypt and then God calls him to come back to Egypt and he walks in and I imagine that he thought it was going to go pretty smoothly because he had a relationship with Pharaoh at that point and he says hey I, 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 I'm a Hebrew let my people go and, and I don't know if he thought that you know God had specially selected him and this is going to go easy but it really really didn't go very easy Pharaoh tried to stop Moses, but Moses wasn't deterred. You see, people then began, as they escaped slavery, and now were on their own, forced to have to provide for themselves and take care of themselves, those people began to complain and criticize and rebelled, but Moses, Moses stayed on task. He didn't get away from God's purpose. Fast forward to the New Testament. I want you to think about this. After the resurrection and ascension of Jesus, the apostles had seen everything that you could imagine the death of their friend Jesus and then his rebirth. They weren't scared of anything. And they went around preaching in the name of Jesus, and thousands of people, thousands of people came to know Jesus. The church began to grow exponentially. They were arrested. When they were arrested, they were charged with as the scriptures call recall preaching in that name. How many of y'all know that? That's an issue even in the world that we live in today. Oh, you can talk about God. You can talk about spirituality, you can talk about a higher power, but you bring up the name of Jesus and it's offensive. You know why? Because the name of Jesus is above every other name. And so they were on trial These men who had seen all of this, experienced all of this, and they basically said, you have to stop preaching in that name. And their response was this. We must obey God rather than human beings. We ain't got time for that. We ain't got time for that. No, you you know what? Beat us. That's okay. We're going to still preach. You know what? Throw us in prison. How would that work out for you last time? An angel came and broke us out. We're not going to stop. We won't stop. We ain't got no time for that. See, you can't please everyone. You can't. No matter how hard you try, no matter how good you were, Jesus himself was perfect and there were those that hated him You can't please everyone you can't please everyone you will never be you will never be completely liked the people who have dissenting opinions of you will never go away there will always be someone second guess you You cannot please everyone but we can please God but we can please God. You can't please people, but you can please God. We can't please people, but we can please God, which is why we need to make this choice to choose purpose over popularity, to choose purpose. To choose the lowercase p, purpose. To live in God's purposes every day, all throughout the day. God, we want to live for you. God, we want to follow you. God, we want to be the person that you've called us to be. God, we want you, we want you, we want you. We've got to choose that over the opinions of others. So I want you to look at this verse again, Hebrews eleven, twenty-six. 26. Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ, as greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. There is a greater reward for those of us who are willing to say, God, I will endure the hate. I will endure the resistance. I will stand tall to follow you. See, there's value In some things, but there's greater value in the opinions and the purposes of God. See, there's value in being liked by people. I'm not saying that there's not but there's greater value in being loved by God. There's value in having fun with your friends, but there's greater value in being faithful to God. There's value in starting something that's important, but there's greater value in finishing the race. There's value in comfort and convenience, but there's greater value in calling. There's value in being popular and having influence, but there's greater value in serving God's purpose purpose gives us a reason to wake up in the morning and to hit the deck knowing that God has something for me today. This day is not void. It's not empty. God has something for me today. You may be raising kids and up to your eyeballs in diapers. Maybe it's a little pee, okay? Maybe it's a big pee. Maybe it's a little poop. Maybe it's a big poop. Okay, I don't know. (laughs) All right, but you're up to your eyeballs and diapers. All right, stay faithful with the little things. Stay faithful with the little things. You may be wanting to get out of debt. It's going to require sacrifices every day. Keep looking forward. Keep looking forward to the reward that lies ahead. You may be on the verge of making a decision, and this is something we're going to talk a lot about this year, of fostering a child taking a kid into your home, loving them because they have been displaced from their family for reasons that we may never even know. But a child that needs family, a child that needs a home, and it's going to be difficult. There's going to be resistance. But God has a purpose in it. And that purpose keeps you pushing through the pain. And if you're going to live for Jesus, I want you to know that every once in a while, People are going to stop back. They're, they're going to look at your life, and they're going to question you. I can say this. I've, I've went through a, my whole ministry being relatively unattacked. In the last several months, it's been ridiculous how people from out of the blue that I've, I've never met have, have created personal attacks on social media towards me. And you know what? I, I just go, we must be doing something right. <laughs> we must be doing something right. When there's no resistance, right? That kind of means we're just going with the flow. Resistance implies that we're actually moving in the right direction. See, I want you today to choose purpose over popularity. Because there's power in living in purpose. You can't please everyone. You can't please everyone. You can't please everyone. You can't make everyone happy, but you can please God. And can I just say something about pleasing God? For so many of us, you could walk out of this message and think, the only way that I can please God is by being obedient and getting it right. And if I create a checklist and I check off all the things I was supposed to do tomorrow, then I've pleased God. If you look at the ministry of Jesus, the first time Jesus appears in ministry is almost 30, which meant that he had spent a life that was almost the median age of our church's attendance. 30 years in anonymity as a carpenter. In the first moment of his ministry, he asked his cousin, John the Baptist, to baptize him. He goes under the water, comes out, and then the voice of God rips open from the heavens and pronounces over him, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. Notice that that happened before he ever did anything before he ever did a miracle, before he ever brought anyone into the journey with him, before God already loved him. Purpose comes when we live from a place of security, knowing that God already loves us. We don't have to earn it, but now we get to live in it and rest in it. So today... It's a day for many of us to choose purpose over popularity. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.